0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Beats and Coffee Podcast, Episode 8. It's been uh, a few weeks. I was actually out of town last week, um, so did not record an episode, but it's good to be back. It's 2022, um, ready to go attack, to attack the year. Um, I have to say, I, I came out as far as Beats... Um, I've been I've been putting out two a week, so I've been kind of living up to my promises, trying to put out more um, beads to share. Um, don't know how long, if I can keep it up all year long, but I'm just going to, whenever I can, just knock out um, at least two a week and get them out there and see what happens. But uh, anyway, today I wanted to talk a little bit about, like it seems like everyone was saving some good videos for when they came back. Uh, that first week in the new year. So there there's been some really good uh producer um videos released that are super inspiring. Um so I wanted to talk a little bit about those. The first one is uh DJ Payne one interviewed um Eldre on um on his YouTube channel. And if if you're not familiar with Eldre, he's kind of he's kind of similar to Lusion. He found a lot of success on TikTok um as like a lo-fi producer and it you know it carried over to his other platforms especially Spotify um where now he's getting you know millions and millions of streams on there and you know making a pretty good living doing it it sounds like he's also uh you know working with some big artists as well but just want to talk about that video because he does he talks about TikTok and there's some some notes some things to take note of there. Um, another good one that was dropped um, probably like a week ago was b- from uh, Beats by Danny, where he talks about uh, releasing tight beats on DistroKid and Spotify and streaming platforms because um, they're starting to see an audience that's actually looking for tight beats on Spotify, not just YouTube. So I thought that was interesting. And then lastly... Um, Omido Beats put out a video where he talks about how he got two thousand beat sales last year. Not even that's not two thousand dollars in beat sales. That's two thousand beat sales, uh, which is crazy. So he, he had some good tips, and you know, for some of the reasons why he thinks he was having some success, um, or the success he had last year. And then uh, lastly, I was going to tell a little, little story of a uh, customer um, ghosting me on a uh, beat sale, one that I worked very hard on. So I'll just vent a little bit there. And um, finally, I want to give you an update on my YouTube strategy. I know I was gung-ho before break, um, with how to attack YouTube in the new year. Some of it's working, some of it isn't. I was going to give you an update on that. So um, first off is uh, Eldre. want to talk a little bit about that, and I'll just show you guys the, uh, the video here on YouTube. It's on uh, DJ Payne1's channel. It's this one that's called Why I Stop Selling Beats. Now, for him, I, I think when you get as big as he is. Um yeah, I think your beats are more valuable than than the type beat market. You know, he's he's working with major artists and stuff like that. So um not surprised by that that video title. But what I really want to talk about a little bit is um you know how he talks about TikTok and the successes he's had with TikTok. So obviously for any of us that are trying to get on TikTok right now, it's it's likely going to be the same story as people that try to get on YouTube late, which was probably me, or people that try to get on Instagram late, or you know any any other platform. When you get on late, you're probably not going to have um, as much success as the early adopters. But one thing that he said um, that just makes sense. And I feel like there's no reason not to try it. Um, is that your audience carries over from TikTok, and that's normally not the case with other channels. Like you, you go on YouTube, someone's looking at you, they're not going to jump to another platform, Twitter or Instagram, and go looking for you. They're going to stay on that platform. But for some reason, TikTok, um, it feels like people are more willing, you know, to jump off that platform and and discover you on your other platforms. And I think we heard other people say this too. Um, So that's just one thing to, you know, take note of. And, you know, as far as TikTok, I've, I'll be honest, like, if it's just me, I have no, no, you know, urgency to get on the platform. You know, every time I check it out, I just feel like it's not my thing. I know I'm probably too old for it. Um. My wife loves it; she's on there nonstop. Um, but with that said, I am—I'm still going to make an effort. I was actually working on some stuff for TikTok right before this, um, kind of coming up with my content strategy. I think what I'm going to do because TikTok is—is is pretty much the wild west, um, meaning you could use anyone's song, anyone's vocals. And put it up there and you're not going to get any copyright strikes. Like if you try to do that on YouTube, you know, your video will have to come down. But so I'm saying, all right, I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is uh, remixes for, you know, big name artists, kind of flex my skills that way um, and see how it goes. I will try to, you know, keep the remixes within the... um genre of the artists that i'm normally making tight beats on it just makes sense you know if if anyone kind of follows me to my youtube channel that's probably the the content they're going to want to be looking at um but yeah so i'm i'm, I'm gonna give it a try i'll give you guys a update as we go but i feel like at this point there's really no reason not to try tiktok um even if even if you're not getting the you know millions of views that these other guys originally did it's like even if you're getting a couple hundred or a couple thousand, like any traffic that you could bring over um, to your YouTube channel or other platforms, it seems like it'd be worth it to to try. So, I would say check out this check out this video. Um, it's ton of gems in there, not just TikTok but other things as well. So I'd say to check that out. Um, another one that I wanted to bring up, and I don't have the uh, the video queued, but Beats by Danny did a good video this past week. It was about, you know, his his strategy. That's the funny thing, man. Everyone's trying to figure this thing out. It's like everyone always say, says, like, there's no no guaranteed path for everyone. Everyone's path's a little different. So you really feel that. Like, even some of these guys that seem like they have a pretty good following, everyone is you know trying to figure it out and find their own path. But so for his what he was talking about and what he's going to try this year is one is he's really going to make an effort to get into sync licensing. I mean at some point I would love to get into sync licensing as well. Um you know it's I'd say it's worth worth it, you know, cuz you're you're likely going to get it's a good income stream. The downside is and the thing I don't like about chasing uh, sync licensing is you're going you're going to put the control of your success in someone else's hands. And th- this is the one thing I, I like about you know selling beats online is for how much ever they don't sell, it's you know,'m I'm, I'm in charge of the final product. It's not going to be any you know music supervisor at a company just being like, "No." that that snare is too loud or something like that. Like I, to me that control on that end feels like, like a corporate job. Like you always have to run by people for approvals and stuff like that. So for right now, that's, that's why I'm not putting all my, my eggs in the sync licensing basket. I feel like there's not enough control. I'd rather get the ball rolling on selling beats online and just be independent. Um, but that's not to say I wouldn't try that later on. But anyway, that was a little tangent. But the other part of his video that he talks about is on releasing tight beats on Spotify, which I have been putting out all my beats on Spotify and all these other platforms. Just every beat I do, I'll upload it to DistroKit. And, you know, I got, a, I got a solid following of about like 10, 10 people. Following me on Spotify, so it, it's yet to take off, but he he had a good point that um, it seems like it might be a new trend where people are looking for type beats on Spotify as like they would do on YouTube. It seems like there is an audience looking for type beats, and when he said that, I'm like, "What come on so I actually went and looked on Spotify and there are um, a bunch of type beat playlists there's actually a few type beat playlists that spotify themselves have released so that alone is kind of like a a flag to me be like hey time to pay attention to this um so with that said like all right well i'm already putting my music out on spotify what what else am i going to do for me um the thing he talked about was uh putting out playlists and i'm like all right this this might be worth it, so we'll see how this goes. I put out a uh, breakup beats, tight beats playlist. Um, we'll see how it does, but it seems like it, it might be a good strategy if people are going to start going to Spotify to look for tight beats. If you already have, you know, a playlist for every a tight beat playlist for every mood, you know, could be breakup, could be I don't know, morning coffee playlist or. Anything like that, um, it might be good to start populating Spotify with a uh, playlist that you could think of um, if that's going to become a new wave. Maybe it won't become a new wave, but its I thought it was definitely worth looking into. And I will say one other thing, like Spotify, the, the producers that are having the most success on Spotify right now seem to be the lo-fi producers. There seems to be a big audience for lo-fi producers on Spotify, so it all depends on genre, um, which I think is super cool, but I'm not I'm not willing to, you know, upheave everything I'm doing right now and switch genres to lo-fi, um, just to, you know, chase streams. So, but hopefully if this like tight beat thing starts to become a thing on Spotify, that that would be helpful. Uh, let's see what else did I want to talk about. Another thing is another good video to check out is um Omito Beats. I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with him. Um for me, like I discovered him years ago and he he's been a great person to follow. Not only, you know, does he put out good music, seems like a good dude, but also just as far as a career path, so he he has a tight beat channel where he has over, you know, 100K subs. He also has a channel dedicated to producers and tutorials. That's the one I'm looking at right here. Um, and then I think at one point he was even doing a podcast. So he he's kind of done it all, really put himself out there. But, you know, I would, if I had the time, it's... Time is such a thing for me. It's like you you could only spread yourself so thin, and I always say, you know, whenever you start something new, it's going to take away time from what what you've already established. So you got to really pick and choose um, where you want to be and what you want to work on. But if I ever get to a point where I'm doing music full time, I think I would carve out some time to do like a producer tutorial type channel, uh, something like that, and that would be just like this podcast. It's just for the fun of it. I like talking about this kind of stuff. Um, I think that would be cool. But for now, I got too much stuff on my plate, so I'm going to stick to the Type Beat channel and the podcast. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about is, um, I mean, you could see it right here. Check out this, this title, How I Sold 2,000 Beats... In one year, which to me, that is insane. When I'm putting up, you know, beat unit sales for the year of like, you know, 25 to 30, and he somehow sold 2,000 beats in one year, um, that is pretty crazy to think about. And even if he sold $30 leases for all 2,000 of those beats, that's still $60,000, which I'm sure he had a variety of sales. Um, you know, to put him up over 100K, but that's insane to think about. So I want to talk a little, you know, recap kind of what he was saying that um, helped him and why, why he thinks he, you know, he had success on it. One, he was saying focusing on quality over quantity. So th- this I struggle with, like my first instinct is always quality, like like, I, I actually just had a beat that I released, put up on YouTube. You know, I didn't push it out on DistroKit yet, but pretty much had it done, beat video done, scheduled it on YouTube, and then I went and I just happened not to be busy sitting and, you know, waiting for my my kid to get out of practice or something like that. I played the beat through my car stereo, which... I don't recommend... I rec, If you're a mixer, knock yourself out. But if you're a producer, I recommend not doing this because it's going to make you want to tweak everything. Um, and you could just go on to an ongoing loop of tweaking, mixing beats. But anyway, I did it. I had the time. I listened to it, and the mix was, was shit. So, you know, in the name of quality, I'm like, all right, I i could do better than that i went back remixed it probably wasted you know a good hour of remixing mastering and reposting um but this is one thing he said you know make sure you're paying attention to is quality of the beat mixing as well as arrangement and um for that you know i i find whenever I, i try to go too fast like where i'm like all right sweet you know Drop in this loop, bam. Add drums, bam. Knock it out. On to the next one. I find out whenever I try to go 100 miles an hour. Later on, when I go back, I look and I find like little little errors, like you know, whoops, I forgot to add the the hi hat back in in the third verse, or um, I think one point I think I had the kick drum completely missing from the third chorus, just like little stuff like that. Um, so. You want to go fast, but you don't want to go so fast where you're going to start missing out on things. Uh, second thing he talked about was just paying attention um, to what you've had success with. So th- this one, like he was saying, like certain beat, beat styles, like if you have a beat that is selling, go back and look at that one and, and be like, all right, what are people liking about this beat? For me, I usually find that my beats, like the more boring ones for me, like the ones that are just like simple piano chords and, and minor drums, those seem to be the ones that sell the most. That seems to be what people want. Um, but, you know, I like to be a producer's producer. Like I've uh, I've made a couple marshmallow type beats like and, and those are like fun as hell to make. You know, you have all, all kinds of crazy drops. You have, you know, layered snares and claps. Um, real energetic. But, you know, as I think about it, when I get down to it, like, no one's going to hop on that beat. Like, there's just too much going on. You know, what even if they did, let's say, okay, I love this, you know, marshmallow-type beat, I could, I could sing over this stuff. For most people um, that are recording at home, they're, they're not going to know how to mix their vocals to get it to the level, to make it stand out amongst all those instruments. So that's one thing I've learned is just keep it simple. I remember the first time that I discovered Splice, like it's it's hilarious. Like if, if you could probably tell my first beat where I discovered Slice because I had all kinds of crazy drum fills toms going everywhere just like because I it was like a gold mine a treasure chest I just discovered all these new samples and I just tried to fit them all into one beat and you know after that I listened I'd go back and listen I'd be like oh my god what was I doing but anyway so pay attention to what is working um and keep trying to do that you know stay within the same key you know you could probably switch up the chords a bit or switch up the drums a little bit but I don't know about you guys, but I find that I often make the same beat over and over again, just by accident. Um, you know, there's little differences, but you know, I'll, I'll be doing a chord structure and i will be like, Oh man, this sounds awesome. And then I'll flip back through, you know, two weeks ago, I pretty much made the same beat, but in this case, it's a good thing. If it's working, keep doing it. Another thing, that I want to do as far as paying attention to what's working this is going to be new for me this year and I don't know if it's just cuz uh last weekend I was at a casino and I adopted I think like a gambler's mentality but I'm going to give this a try so for my beats that sell especially ones that I notice sell on the BeatStars marketplace I'm going to take that beat profit and invest it into the BeatStars promo on the marketplace just to see if i could get it going because honestly i think the whole key to this beat selling thing is is just as far as sales like there's branding youtube instagram where you can send your following um you know to your beat page and generate sales but then there's also like beat stars i swear to god i wish they had a more targeted way to promote on there because like you on the BeatStars platform, yeah, there's a ton of competition, but you have customers that are familiar with buying type beats. They're familiar with the the beat selling process. So you can skip over all that stuff. There's, you know, they don't feel weird about purchasing a digital audio file. Um, if you can get a following on BeatStars, like a big following, that is a huge win as far as beat sales, and with beat beat stars, the more sales you get, the more they put you up in the rankings. So it's it's like it all comes down to generating sales. Um, if you can get a few sales on one beat on their platform, more are going to start coming in organically. All right, so make sure to check out that um, Omido. Video, It's pretty cool. And then let's see, last, or I had two other things I just want to talk about. So little story about how I was ghosted by a customer. It was very frustrating. This girl reached out to me to create a custom beat. It was actually, like, an artist had a unreleased song on YouTube and she's like, can you recreate this beat? I'm like I'm like I can try. I'm I'm like it's it's never going to be exactly the same, but I I think I can get it pretty close. Um and so I could tell I think she was a little bit younger and probably not familiar with, you know, purchasing beats online. But I'm like, "All right, I'll give it a try." So, normally for like a custom beat, you know, exclusive, it would be like $300. So, I explained that up to her up front and you know I tried to push her towards I'm like okay I'll create this beat for you but I can sell it to you for $30 but I still will release it on my beat store and she was like okay okay let's do that let's do that so created the beat for her went through like you know three or four rounds of revisions and it it was just like ticky-tack comments and she didn't really understand the mixing lingo um so she would say stuff like don't make it so robotic and then I would have to like go back and ask like well what do you mean by robotic and she would be don't make stuff so low and I'm like what do you mean by low like too much low end and so it was almost like speaking a different language for her but eventually I got the beat in a place um where it sounded pretty damn close to the original, where she liked it. And honestly, like some of the stuff that w- that was going on in that production was against my producer instincts. Like I would not have done that. Like there was a sweep that was used about four times before you know the song even got to the uh the chorus. Like I would never use it that many times, but I wanted to make exactly like the reference beat. So got it to her. She's like, okay, great. And then, um, I send her the, um, uh, the link for a $30 checkout lease to buy the beat. And she's like, well, how do I, I want to buy this? So I don't, so no one else can get it. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll give it to you a hundred her that link. Two days go by. Then she's like, uh, Oh, I think she said she said something like, She's like, Oh, uh, I forgot out forgot about like the currency uh difference. I'm gonna need a few more days to uh get get more money to pay for it. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. And honestly, at this point, I figured it was like a sunken cost, and I just wanted to be able to release the beat because it was time put in and at least I could use it as a piece of content on my Type beat channel. And then finally you know, I sent her, sent her the link. She's like, I got the money. I'm going to purchase this morning. And it was like the littlest, littlest thing where, you know, I think when you click on credit card or PayPal and beat stars, I believe, I think it's PayPal itself has you enter your address and she's like, well, you're not going to be sending anything to my house. Are you? I'm like, I'm like, no, honest, honestly, I won't even get that information. That will all be uh, PayPal and then hit, hit, hit that response, never heard back from her, completely ghosted on it. So two weeks later, I actually did release the beat, but the ironic thing is the name of the beat was Ghost, and I totally got ghosted on it. But anyway, just some frustration. It looked like, you know, I worked so hard for that sale, didn't work out, but I think you just got to keep it moving You got to keep, keep pushing and uh, move on to the next one. This, so that first week in January kind of sucked. But this past weekend, I've actually gotten like two, two beat leases in three days. So that was pretty cool. All right. Lastly, I wanted to talk a little bit about my YouTube strategy. So of my, uh, my humble following, if you guys, you know, followed my last episode. I was gung ho about my new YouTube strategy, how to get it going in 2022. Um, one of the things I wanted to do was obviously put out more content, which I am doing. You know, I've I've upped it to two beats a week, and I will say this for like my organic beats that I'm putting out. Um, I'm I'm noticing a better click through rate. And a better audience retention like my my normal audience retention was like 40 seconds I'm seeing like a minute 15 for these new beat videos I'm putting out which I think it's it's one I'm putting out more videos so I think people are paying more attention and then two as I talked about I'm sticking to just four artists uh, this year and we're gonna see how this goes and I, th- I think that's helping because um, you know, I'm giving the people what they want. Uh, one thing that I did that is not working though, is my, uh, YouTube ad strategy. So I, I tried to do placements only and, um, you know, on, on YouTube, YouTube search placements only, meaning my ads would only show on, um, you know, other type beat producers' YouTube channels. And what I found from this is, I think I had like a good first week with it, but what I found is it's just not enough people. Like, you know, our our niche is kind of small. So if you rely entirely on just landing on another producer's page, it's just not that big of an audience. This is a numbers game. So one thing I, I tweaked is I went back to keyword search only I do one cent um, maximum viewing for one cent because I I think overall this is just a numbers game. The more people you get, the better. But the thing that's sucking is, although my impressions and my audience retention is going up, like my sub count is, it feels like it's frozen, like it's been going up and down a little bit. So. YouTube is not giving me any love. I'm right on like the border of 3K subs and I just can't get there. So hopefully next week when I talk to you guys, I'll have gotten there. But that, I'm paying attention to that. Um, I think that's, that's about it. That's all I wanted to talk about today. I will say this as far as guests, I definitely do. I'm trying to get more people on. I, I probably reached out to about 10 people yesterday asking them if they want to get on the podcast um you know some some bigger names some smaller names i obviously you know i I want to talk to the guys that have the big youtube channels see how they're doing it see see what's working for them pick their brains but some of these smaller youtube channels i notice you know people with under a thousand subs they're getting they're getting some serious views like you know 500 to a thousand views per video so I don't mind talking to these people at all either. I'm I'm reaching out to them as well. But, all right, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, I'll keep these going. You know, 2022, let's get it. All right, talk to you. Bye.